0: What is Off the Groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack.
1: Off the Groove
0: with Scotty Dubler. So, Brad Baker, you said his episode broke all kinds of records last week?
2: It didn't just break them, Scotty. Shattered.
0: What did it do? Shattered records. So
2: it crushed them. Crushed him. Yeah. Smash them. No, that's like what people do. Like smash the like button? To the like button. No. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a, a pretty uh, pretty popular episode. A lot of people love their Brad Baker with uh, with good reason. But uh, it was a hell of an episode too. It got a lot of compliments on it and uh, and a lot of people that uh, engaged with it for sure. You
0: know, it was longer, but I think it was all good stuff. And people wanted to know some of those things and what he's been up to and how, how his transition to moving to, to Michigan's going and, and his – his rehabilitation is going too so i think it was great i, I loved it i listened to it again
2: absolutely it is a, it is a longer one but i definitely listened to it all the way through and uh even after we recorded it and i edited it it was uh, it was worth a listen so, and i'm glad people people liked it as much as we uh as much as we enjoyed making it
0: guess what i'm doing next week
2: what are you doing next week scotty
0: ice race you're ice racing or you're calling ice i'm, race. Announce- I'm no. announcing i'm actually listen to this i'm gonna put some screws in the bottom of my shoes oh boy so i'm gonna stud up so i don't slip and fall okay everybody.
2: that's probably a smart thing uh what else is going on in the world of flat track it feels like a couple of things that happened this weekend i feel like we're gonna miss something but we're gonna run through these things here
0: well there's was, there's was a couple of announcements uh, yep. contingency announcements kawasaki and yamaha look like they're both stepping up it looks like they're both putting up more money up for grabs which is great because you got brian smith on a Kawasaki, you got JD Beach, you got Jake Johnson, Kobe Carlisle, on a Yamaha. You know, and I know there's others, but those are the, the ones that stick out in my mind. And the contingencies up for grabs makes them even hungrier. You know, makes them want to go for it even more.
2: Contingency is always good. More contingency, more chances to earn earn money. So we'll we'll see how that pans I want, out. I
0: need I need to get a contingency for how many words I can say.
2: Oh boy, that would that would pay a decent amount of money, especially somebody like you, probably. I talk a lot. You talk a lot. You use a lot of words.
0: Do you know what else was announced this week?
2: I know a couple of things were announced. One thing that I'm pretty excited about to see was the uh, big announcement from Roof Systems.
0: Brandon Price gonna be running the AFT Twins Class BP92. bp 92 Oh wait,
2: it's it's BP192 now.
0: Yeah, BP192. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna change his Twitter handle and his and his Instagram handle. I
2: I totally like commented on it and i wrote bp 92 but i didn't even think about it it's bp 192
0: yeah yeah and they also said there's going to be more announcements to come so i've heard rumors i don't have anything in paper i don't have anything that i can really talk about but uh i think it sounds like they are gonna have one more rider to talk about pretty soon
2: really i can't wait to see what that is no i saw I, I definitely follow their page if you if you out there haven't followed it already go go follow and like their page because uh, it sounds like they got some more announcements coming down the pipe
0: also, an email was sent out. Uh, some personnel changes down there at AFT. Yeah, you see that?
2: I saw a couple yeah. of those things. Yeah, they got like a new race director. Um, a guy yeah. that was a uh, or he currently serves as manager of like a uh, something in Arizona, right? Emergency services at ISM Raceway.
0: Mhm. So that'll be good. And it was official that Chris Carr is officially out of American Flat Track. He's looking to pursue other opportunities in flat track i know he wants to stay involved in the sport because that's all he's done his whole life and right. i don't blame him you know and i just i think we'll still see him at the racetrack just not with an aft shirt on anymore
2: yeah looking forward to see what that opportunity you don't know anything about that opportunity at this point do you come on
0: nothing i can talk about uh, i heard rumors
2: see you like you, that's what you're supposed to do is talk about all these things this isn't a place right now it's not a time it's,
0: not yet not yet maybe they'll come to us and we can we can unveil it here
2: chris carr if you ever listen to our podcast i love you man i uh, love what you've done for the sport look forward to seeing what you do next and uh let me know when you want to come on and talk to us about it
0: there you go so who are we going to talk to this week
2: this week um we're, it's a follow-up kind of from last week we we talked about him a little bit with brad baker it's uh, his best friend kevin anderson
0: okay number 125, number 125. road uh, yeah. road brad's bike a little bit the last couple of seasons he actually had a national number for a little while national number 25 he's he's a friend of mine i've known him for quite a while too and uh not too far away from where i grew up actually
2: yeah and uh i don't think he's ever has he ever run a run a full season he, he runs like nope. races here and there right
0: yeah, you kind of pick and choose, and that's that's kind of like what I did, Carter. I mean, I had to work. He's got a full-time job. He's always had, you know, a lot of responsibilities um, in the family business. So he kind of picked and chose which races he wanted to go to, and and you know, sometimes it's just not feasible to get out west or maybe even out on the far east coast stuff. So, you know, he grew up in the middle of the United States of Minnesota, and some races are just easier to get to, and there's always some that you don't ever want to miss. So yeah. I don't I don't think he ever ran a full season, but. Uh, He's uh, he's a pretty fast rider himself, and now he's uh, going to be doing something new.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Like I, I don't know a ton about him, so I'm looking forward to getting uh, getting the backstory of who he is and uh, with the with the announcements he's made recently with uh, Vanilla Cycles and what they're doing for 2019. I'm looking forward to the story. Let's give him a call. Let's give him a call.
3: Hello, Vanilla Cycles. This is Ryan. How can I help you?
0: Ryan i was trying to call kevin anderson and oh. uh, ryan so this is this the owner yeah he's talking to the big
3: man himself
2: <laughs> that's actually my wow. fault Scotty. <laughs> i can <be, laughs> i uh, i dialed the wrong number i meant to dial uh, kevin but hey while we got ryan on the phone let's ask him a couple questions you cool
3: with it yeah, all right how you guys doing today all
0: right we're great man well what what's what's the weather like up there in north dakota
3: well, right now it's about negative three degrees and that's the highest day we're going to have here probably for the next 10 days. So hit uh, pretty much stay indoors and, and try not to freeze. If you walk from your shop to your, to your car,
0: <laughs> I, I think, I think if there's a negative in front of anything, that shouldn't be a real temperature. And I don't think, I don't think you should be living
3: there. Yeah. Especially in having a motorcycle shop, right? <laughs>
0: right. I was going to say, you know, there's not a lot of motorcycle <laughs> riding going on unless you're out there in the ice. So, well, while we got you on the line, um, you know, it's nice to nice to meet you officially. Uh, I want to say thanks for the t-shirts yeah. along the way. And let's get to know a little bit about Ryan and how vanilla vanilla cycle started. So when did the shop start? When did you open it?
3: Yeah, we officially opened in 2015. Um, I worked at the dealership level in the Harlan Davidson dealership for about 10 years. Um, just got just got tired of the corporate mentality and you know the structure there of working for somebody else. And so my wife and I kind of took the the leap of faith and opened our own shop and it just kind of skyrocketed from there from you know, kind of a, you know, a small shop to slowly expanding and kept growing and kept growing and kept growing. And now we got a nice retail location right downtown, Kansas, North Dakota. Um, we just renovated the building. It's pretty cool. All
0: right. So we're at North Dakota. I'm not familiar. I mean, I know the big cities, you know, Fargo and, and a few of the other big yep. cities, but Jamestown. But where exactly is the shop at?
3: Yeah, we're actually 44 miles north of Jamestown. We're um, okay. smack dab centrally located between Fargo, Bismarck, Grand Forks and Minot.
0: Okay. All right. So, did you race motorcycles? I know you're 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 heavily involved in some race teams, and we're going to talk to Kevin a little bit more about that later. But yeah. uh, did you race flat track yourself?
3: You know, I didn't. I kind of dabbled in the hooligan and stuff when that kind of first came out. Um, but uh, like I said, that, that kind of fueled some of the passion. But as far as racing myself, you know, I did some motocross back in high school. But I've never been able, you know, to really say that I've threw the leg over and race, you know, as a pro or, or even an amateur. So more or less a spectator, and then trying to help grow the sport and i could give back to those that are that are doing it because like i said it's, it's an amazing sport
0: so why flat track i mean you could be involved in any other form of motorcycles and motorcycle sports and racing and stuff like that but why flat track
3: you know that's that's kind of the crazy thing is we uh you know we've been doing some of the shows motorcycle shows for quite some time and we saw the first uh my first ever flat track race was the very first flat out friday and then from there just kind of just kind of lit the lit the light bulb in my head and they know, and I just kind of got to know some of the racers. Um, we actually got to know Cole Feely a little bit right in the beginning, um, so he kind of raced for us a little bit. And we kind of sponsored him and and helped him out. And then, uh, like I so said, we met Kevin Anderson, and everything just kind of exploded from there. And Kevin's the type of guy who's not really gonna he's not gonna give it eighty percent or fifty percent. He's either one hundred ten percent or or not in it. So yeah, he's really taking the program and what we want to do. And you uh, know, the the future for it is going to be pretty pretty awesome for us. So.
0: So. Kevin's now in charge of your your race team operations. Is that the way I understand it?
3: Yep, yep. We sat down as you know, as a business, and we we had some extra funds and some budgets, and we started budgeting out a little bit of a a program. Um, he'll get into the details of some of that stuff, and you know, me we running the business side of stuff, and you know, him now kind of stepping away from from being a writer himself. You know, he wanted to stay in the in the community of racing and the same flat track scene. And we sat down together and thought, well, how can we make an impact without um, you know really you know, going out and, and being this big, elaborate team and stuff. And because once you start dig, digging into it, I mean, you realize funding a team and the expense side of stuff is it's, it's, it's tough. It's extremely difficult and breaking it down, finding all the like the logistics and stuff. So he's going to take care of that. And uh, we kind of, like I said, sat down for all we want to do and our goal is to get, uh, to get around here and race. And we met him, I think, was the last year for twenty racers a little bit. And like I said, we've had other racers come on board and, Look at, uh, you know, sponsoring them or have other riders, but we're committed to get in front of really just one amazing human being. And Like I said, our, our goal is to, to get him over here like I said, he can be successful. Um, like I said, and just get back to him as well. All
0: right. Well, we, we appreciate you, you taking some time to talk to us. I got one more yeah. question for you. Uh, what Absolutely. are what? how many races are you going to go to? Are you going to go to any of these nationals, all these nationals, or, or how I know motorcycle shops are busiest on Saturday. So what's your plans for attending some of these races this year?
3: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's one of the reasons why we brought Kevin on board so he can he can kinda take that aspect of, you know, click so we wanna give back and we don't want to just give back to anybody. You know, we want to get Toronto here and help him out. Like so he just he's touched our lives completely. Um, especially being with Brad Baker, that's one of Kevin Antrim's best friends and um you know, we wanna we just wanna take that to the next level and so that's why Kevin's gonna kinda be going to that. You know, we're looking at five to seven races right now this year. We've got two or three lined up for sure. And then hopefully we can get those other ones um solidified yet this year and then our plans is for next year to hopefully have a full season right
0: on ryan thank you so much for your time uh people want to find out any more about vanilla cycles i know i follow you guys on instagram um should we follow you on facebook do we need to look up a website what's the best way to keep track of vanilla cycles
3: yeah yeah we do a lot on social media instagram and facebook you know are pretty key for us we do have our website you know vanilla-cycles.com but give us a follow on, on, on Instagram. And like I so said, you'll see a lot of our racing stuff on there and we'll do a lot of updates like that. And like I so said, hopefully kind of give a little behind the scenes what we do and, and how we do it on our Instagram feeds.
0: Once again, thanks for your time. Is there anything we should give Kevin a hard time about, or you want us to give him, give him any, any kind of a hard time? Or are you, are you just, well, you just I would say be? if you're
3: going to give him give him a hard time last year, it was, you know, he, he kind of come out of retirement last year, just for us to kind of, to give us more of a, a background on, on, on the racing side of stuff. And uh, so we, we, we razzled him last year on his three-digit last year. He couldn't couldn't get it back down to the 2 digits. So <laughs> give him a hard time about his three-digit numbers. you got to carry around.
0: All right. Sounds good. 125, Kevin Anderson. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> I look forward to seeing you at the races. And, again, thanks for my shirts, and good luck in 2019.
3: Thank you so much. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
2: Dude, that is my bad. <laughs> Dude,
0: <laughs> so I have you, you're making me look silly. You're making me look silly. I'm I trying have... to talk to – Talk to Kevin Anderson, and you call up the owner of Vanilla Cycles.
2: I had both numbers because I've been talking to them both about you know the possible interview, and uh, I don't. I had one as Vanilla Cycles and one is Kevin Anderson, and I had. Sorry, that's my fault.
0: Why is your face so red, right we now? We make
2: mistakes, dude. We're allowed to make mistakes. But you know, I, I like the conversation. It's good to get the get some context before we talk to Kevin. It's. I, I did it on purpose. So let's just let's do it oh,
0: that. Sure. Okay. Carter, Carter made a mistake on purpose and accidentally called the owner of Vanilla Cycles instead of Kevin Anderson. I mean, so it's kind of true call? because I'm editing this. Can we call Kevin Anderson or are you just going to yeah. make me wait here? Or Let's what call Kevin. Here we go. Okay. I, right. For
2: real this time.
0: Hello? Who is this? This
1: is Kevin. Who's this? Oh,
0: good. Good. We have the right number this time. You know what? My boss on the other end, my producer, dialed up the owner, of Vanilla Cycles, so I got embarrassed and had to talk to him for a few minutes.
1: Oh, man. I am very sorry about that. That's never a good conversation for anybody to have to have.
0: Exactly. So what's going on, man? How are you doing? (laughs) Uh,
1: Doing good. Just uh, unwinding from uh, a wild cold week up here in Minnesota, really. You know, it's just another day in paradise. I are you in the frozen you, tundra?
0: Yeah. Are you a mechanic, or you just run the whole shop, or you do everything for that for your dad's shop?
1: No, I started uh, started at the bottom, really sweeping the floors and taking the trash out, and you know, just worked my way up into being a technician, and then uh, kind of learned the ropes there, and uh, got the opportunity to run a facility, one of our facilities in Roseville, Minnesota. It's in the cities down there. Um,
3: okay. And
1: Then about three months ago. The old man said, called me, said, We've got to go to dinner tonight, and sat me down. He said, Here's, here's what's happening. I don't want to work forever. Um, you're taking over our main facility. Uh, you start Monday.
0: Wow. So, like, yeah, that's uh, like a heads up for you. Yeah, nothing like
1: being, it was, you know, we had been talking about it for eight, nine months or whatever, but it was nothing. Uh, it was, felt a little like I was thrown to the wolves a little bit, but. It's uh, it's stressful, but yeah. it's also rewarding. Leaving there every day, and you know, I feel like I've accomplished something. So,
0: right, right on. So, did your dad walk you know, out completely, or is he still okay. there? No, he uh, he switched positions with me,
1: locations. He okay. uh, he took my gravy. He took my gravy job at a Roseville shop, and you know, <laughs> he he fed me to the lions. He he had enough of the stress, so I guess it's uh, I guess it's my turn to see if i can't uh do it just as good as the old man did um you know my goal is to show him that he doesn't even need to be around and he can go enjoy uh all the hard work he has put in
0: already oh love it number 125 oh come on now nobody likes those
1: three digits but yeah i was
0: wondering i was wondering if you're a motocrosser you know that three-digit number that's what that's what it reminds me of i still like the district letters you know
1: Uh, yeah I, i i miss a district letter it's kind of just you always knew where everybody was from but the 125 deal uh it is what it is you know some guys can make it work like jesse you know the 132 deal that's that's pretty cool but um 125 kind of fit with with how i rode last season at the nationals i did race you know kind of like i was riding a 125 so it, it, was, yeah. it, was, uh, it was fitting
0: <laughs> right on so uh, <laughs> what have you been up what have you been up to i haven't talked to you for a little while uh, how's how's the cold weather up there in minnesota treating you
1: Oh, man, it is brutal this week. And it doesn't look like we have any hope for uh, any ice riding up until, you know, not uh, tomorrow, Saturday, or Sunday, but the following weekend. Um, there are highs of negative 5 and lows of negative 30. Uh, wow. Not good. Not good for having fun, but it's 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 good for business.
0: So it's just too cold to go mm-hmm. ice riding? Is that what you're saying?
1: yeah it's too cold. You can't get the motorcycles up to temperature for one, and you know that fifty miles an hour, how many layers are you gonna have to wear to right. stay warm enough to even make it around one time? It's just a uh, bad deal. Suspension don't work you know the, the like I said, the engine doesn't get up to temperature so you'll you can run into engine Lock issues and all that kind of up. stuff. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just not even worth it.
0: My my dad said, he told me a story when I was little once that they were ice racing there at Sioux Falls, at Sioux Valley Cycle Club, and and there was a race, so they had to race, and it was really, really cold, and he said his eyeballs actually froze open. He had to get inside his van to dethaw just so he could start blinking. Has that ever happened to you?
1: Uh, no. No, I'm definitely not that committed to it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I enjoy it, but I'm not going to uh, go freeze my eyelids open. Yeah, By no thanks. No, not yeah. happening. Not happening.
0: Oh, yeah, me neither. I'm not that committed either. So, well, let's dive in and get to know Kevin Anderson a little bit. And then we got some big news uh, to talk about when we get near the end of the interview. So, uh, where were you born?
1: Uh, Coon Rapids, Minnesota. It's just a, a suburb of Minneapolis, um, the north side of the city. Um, born down there and brought home. From the hospital right to Cambridge here where I currently live now.
0: Okay. So where is Cambridge in, in, in relevance to Minneapolis-St. Paul?
1: Uh, about one hour directly north. Um, okay. It's U.S. Bank Stadium, it takes, you know, it's 50 miles roughly. So traffic, you figure it's about an hour.
0: I got gotcha. you. Is there still a racetrack yeah. in Cambridge?
1: Yeah. There's uh, actually three racetracks now that me and my dad built the best short track in the country at his house. There's three tracks in town here. There's uh, the Anderson compound track. And then there's the Cambridge short track where um, me and my brothers grew up cutting our teeth and Cambridge TT, which was my first race was there. So,
0: you know, we got plenty of racetracks to go ride on around here. i think i remember the the Cambridge short track i don't remember anything about the tt and i've never been to your house to see the the anderson compound but uh so how old were you when you first rode a motorcycle
1: um i got my first motorcycle when i was four for my fourth birth or three when i for my for my third birthday um i was scared to ride it on my birthday and then the next day i was sitting on it and Dad said, "Are you going to ride that thing, or am I going to have to sell it?" And I, at that point, it was, <laughs> Well, you're you're not selling this thing. I'm going to go ride it." So, at that time, we were living uh, in the, you know, out in the country, kind of within some trees, and took off out of the drive or out of the garage and dodged some trees and parked it. And I said, "All right, when are we going to go racing?" <laughs>
0: so, that's, that was that's, it.
1: That's all that started. Yeah, right I grew on, up with so- you know my dad my dad didn't race or nothing ever i really don't know where my interest in motorcycles came from but mom and dad tell me all the time you know it's been something since i was a little kid riding in the car see a motorcycle like that's what that's what i like
0: i right don't so how how old were you when you first raced
1: 4 years old at the cambridge tt we went to a short track it was a double header saturday at the short track Sunday at the TT and uh, we went and watched some of my dad's acquaintances race at the short track and told my dad I'm like this is this is what I want to do I want to try this so the next day we packed up his his little Ford Ranger with my 19 early 80s PW50 Zinger, I think they actually called them back then Mm -hmm. drove out to the TT and um, went and rode practice rode my heat race and for the main event I don't know what was going on, but I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And my dad just said, just give me one lap and you can pull off. Well, I completed the race. And from there on out, it was every single chance I could get to go race. I was, you know, begging, doing whatever I had to do to make sure we got to go to the
0: racetrack. Did you try anything else or was it always flat track?
1: Uh, It was always flat track up until I got a little bit older and, um, you know, then riding with the other guys, you know, flat track motocross is really big in Minnesota. As you can see at the top of the charts lately, or, you know, years past, there's a lot of fast motor guys. And when I started wanting to ride with them, they never wanted to come ride uh dirt track with me. So I had to, you know, go ride motocross with my flat track bike and my, my, you know, my full shield helmet and all that kind of stuff. Uh did some motocross back then, um nothing too major did some hair scrambles, and you know of course, ice riding has uh been my bread and butter my 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 sweet spot what I really look forward to all year long
0: okay, so your brothers start you know uh, race also are they still racing, and how did did they get involved in racing because you raced
1: i I think so um I'd like to think it's because of me um I don't really know why they got involved, but it you know it's just a family thing. That's what we did growing up. Um, Connor, he's actually uh, started his own business now. He's really not racing much. He started his own his own gig, and he's doing very well for himself. And Cole, the youngest brother, he had that bad get off last year at Buffalo Chip TT, and uh, he's I don't know if he's going to race anymore. Um, he's kind of been on his way out, which, which sucks, you know, both of them are extremely talented. They both podium nationals in the past. So it's, uh, it's tough to say if they'll race AFT races or if they're just going to stick around here and do the local thing.
0: What district is up there in Minnesota? It's district 23. There's, there's been some, a couple big names to come
1: out of here. Uh, David Jarrell, Peter Hook, you know, back in the day when the sport was
0: in its first heyday. As an amateur, did you stay and race local in District 23, or did you travel?
1: Uh, we stayed local for the most part. Um, my dad always told me, I always wanted to go to amateur nationals, um, but he told me, if, if, if I can't beat the guys that are here, why would he take me to race the best kids in the country? So that kind of made me put my head down. When I got a 125, I think I was like 13 or 14, and uh, rode really well that spring. And dad thought, Hey, I think it's, uh, I think it'd be a good year to go down to amateur nationals. So, you know, we did that up until, uh, we turned pro.
0: Right on. So did you go pro when you turned 16 or did you, did you wait a little bit longer?
1: No, I waited a little bit longer. Um, I believe I was 17 just because of the school and all that kind of stuff. My parents have always been big on academics and, you know, making sure that, the responsibility had to be taken care of before the enjoyment.
0: So you had to work hard before your parents let you go racing at the pro level.
1: Yeah, I had to put the work in at school and make sure my grades were good and um, do all that fun stuff back here at home. You know, it's, racing was always a privilege, not a right uh, in our house, our household. And um, you know, if if we weren't uh, on, our, on top of our game and the things that really mattered. We weren't going to have extras.
0: Gotcha. Who are some of the fast guys locally that locally that you looked up to?
1: Oh man, back in the day, there's, you know, Troy Johnson. He actually moved down to Arizona now. And Sean Burr, he was a big name in the amateur nationals. Those kids were like always a class or two ahead of me. Um, Watching them was always like, you know, you know that they're going to nationals and they're the fast kids, and you know. Practice. It was just open practice. So you try to tag onto the back of those guys, to learn a thing or two. And um, my age group, there's, you know, Jake Mattia, national number 29. Uh, we actually are born on the same day, same year, same hospital, everything. And um, we actually had the same first grade teacher as well. So we, our, our friendship goes way back. And there's Josh Cook and uh, Nick Mattia, my brothers, of course, you know, there's, there's a lot of, fast kids in my era of district racing um, that have done some pretty good things in at the pro level
0: how hard was it for you to make the transition from an amateur rider into the pro ranks
1: oh man if i knew what i know now it would have went a lot smoother it was uh it was a tough few years there just mentally to just know that you know those guys are growing up watching all these guys thinking, man, they're the best of the best. And, and you go put your helmet on and you're going, well, I got to race, I got to race Chris Carr. And you know, that's just a bad (laughs) way to enter a race. So, you know, if, if I would have known now, man, those guys are nobody, you know, we're there, we're all there to race and they put their boots on their, their, their light shoe on the same way as I do. And it's all about, uh, you know, believing you can do it. And, making it happen there's nobody else in control of what's going to happen besides you
0: right and and now that you're older and you realize that it's like man why would i well why didn't i think that way when i was lining up beside those guys but i I know what you're talking about because i'd always run to the lineup board and see who i was racing against and like oh well i can't beat him and i can't beat him so i'm gonna get third in this heat race you know and and now looking back it's like why did i even think that way so i get where you're coming from so yeah, I mean, anymore, just, you might
1: as well ju- anymore you might as well just pack it up,
0: you know. If you, yeah. if you don't think
1: you can do good, you might as well just put it back in the van.
0: Exactly. And now now we realize that as we get a little bit older. So when did you first meet Brad Baker?
1: Um my story and his story are two different stories. Um, it was two thousand eight, I think. I was down Amateur Nationals helping um, my brothers and my dad they're you know, each race in three classes and at that time I was in the pro ranks already so I was just down there with the family and helping out with whatever I could and Brad blew up his, his J&M framed Honda and uh, Scott and I had met earlier that week and we were you know, about the same age and we were just causing mischief together like we all, all used to do and you know, Brad blew up his framer so he, he comes over to our trailer and he says hey can you help me yeah, I'll help you. And we swapped the motor and Brad's 450. And, you know, I'm like, this isn't even your bike. Why are you like, what are you doing? God, it's Brad. I'm like, well, where's Brad? Shouldn't he be here lending a hand? No, he's off chasing girls and running around (laughs) the campground and, you know, no care in the world. Right. But, uh, his story is 2009 in Daytona. I don't really know exactly where I think it was at the racetrack at municipal. Scott and I, 11 W and I was 11 K. So we were next to each other for practice and qualifying. And I was, had a heater going last lap of qualifying. And Scott decides to just, you know, slow down the front straightaway and do a wheelie across the start finish line. And I was already committed. And, uh, Scott set his wheelie down and I crashed into the back of him. I crashed into the hay bales. Scott rode away. Brad comes over to me, gets in my face and asking me what I'm thinking. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, dude your brother did a wheelie it's you know i'm sorry but i'm really not sorry i'm trying to do the best i could and he goes he did a wheelie and i said yeah and he turned around then he went and chewed scott up and down the tree <laughs> so that was it yeah. from there and then you know he come over and he apologized and um i think actually after that race we actually took off on scooters and went and tore up main street
0: yeah you gotta let your hair down after you get a little scuffle right <laughs> exactly so when did you realize that brad was gonna be one of your best friends
1: um probably oh man what year was that 2012 you know we'd always talked and you know kept up on what's going on through the racing season and all that stuff and um we're at Ducoyne indoor for the national and he asked me oh you're going out west right and i said no I got a, I got school or work or whatever the heck it was. And he goes, well, I'll tell you what, put your bike in my trailer, buy a plane ticket and fly out there. So I did it. And, uh, since, since then it's just been, um, a good friendship really, you know, he's, he's always willing to help people. Uh, sometimes he worries too much about helping people and doesn't really focus on himself. Um, he's just such a genuine person. And you know, when it's, when people are willing to help you like that, it's kind of hard not to help them back, you know, and um, learned a lot from them as just what uh, friends are supposed to do and what friends, good friends do. And um, yeah, it's been a really good, really good friendship, um, you know, the last seven, eight years for us. And he, uh, you know, he's, he spent last three years, he spent a lot of days here in Cambridge between with training and training with my girlfriend, Courtney and riding and, you know, just trying to get away, even, you know, just coming up here for his birthday and go to the Supercross or something like that. And, um, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been a fun ride with him having fun.
0: Yeah. And throughout that and through that friendship, you actually got to ride his own personal Indian FTR 750 at a few races the last couple of seasons. Uh, tell me your first impression of riding an Indian. I,
1: I just, I got on it, sitting on it, and I'm like, you know, this thing kind of feels a little more like a TTX bike than a than my Kawasaki, and rode it at uh, Ocala for the first time testing with Brad and Ferran last season before the TT. And, you know, first impression, looking at the bike and you're going to practice or test on a TT, you're going, how in the hell am I going to ride a twin turn right jump thing yada 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 well you do it and it's actually not that bad so go to the tt daytona ride it felt really good had a crash in the first corner of my semi tore the radiator off the thing so we were done um atlanta came and that's where i I really seen the motorcycle shine a little more time on it a little more comfortable just uh just does everything so good it it accelerates good it corners good there's nothing unpredictable about it that's the the biggest thing for me that i noticed was it it all it always did the same thing it was always good always good now, if your settings could be off but it was still a good bike make some changes go back out it was even better make a gearing yeah. change it was better it was just it it's a they did their homework. They built the bike and they tested it, and then they released it. Indian Motorcycle did their homework. They did it right. A
0: plus, great bike. How many How many nationals did you ride his bike at these last couple of years?
1: Uh, three last year, I believe. T- Daytona, Atlanta, and then uh, Rapid City where. That's where I felt like I was riding a one twenty five instead of a seven fifty.
0: Yeah. Matching you yeah, had that was, right uh, there,
1: huh? <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was more of a race mind a mental race for me. Um I was ready to not ever ride a motorcycle again after Brad's injury and um uh, we unloaded there and got the bike ready, uh sitting there and putting my gear on and I started taking my gear off and I just sat in the van and called brad and i'm like dude i don't really know if i can do this this is like so f- your injury so fresh and like this is it's it's messing with me right now and he said man you can't even think about what what my injury he said you enjoy it this is that's we're we're racers we race we have fun we know that stuff can happen you need to do it don't do it for me do it for yourself and you know he just put a little confidence in me and went out there and you know literally rode around but got off the bike and I had that sense of joy, you know, where, yeah, you know, the results don't say anything, but it was fun. I had fun and it made me realize that, you know, I got it. I got to continue enjoying myself and racing. I
0: enjoy. So it was, uh,
1: it was, it was good. I hope I can, I hope he lets me race it again.
0: That'd be good. I'd like to see that. So let's talk about some big announcements coming up in 2019. Um, you're, you're taking over as the team manager for vanilla cycles. So when did, when did Ryan first approach you to manage the race team?
1: Uh, late 2017, beginning of 2018, he's just said, Hey man, you know, the ins and outs on what needs to happen, who we could approach for good partnerships and you know what it takes and you'd you know riders, you know what to look for in riders and would you be willing to, you know, help run the race side of things. And I said, Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll get as many contacts as I can and try to get as much support for a a race team as I can. And uh from there it's just snowballed and next thing you know he's calling me, asking me why what's happening here and there and all this and it uh it's it's been cool. It's 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 like a business, though. You really got to treat it like a business. And, you you know, Jared's done a very good job at it just trying to mirror what, what he's been doing, just develop good partnerships and, you know, don't settle for something, always go for the best. And, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort and it'll all pay off in the end. And it's, it's showing with Jared's program. So that's kind of the way I'm ap- approaching it. And uh, hopefully we can make some make a big splash here shortly.
0: So what I was, what I'm understanding is that Ferran Cardus is coming over from Spain. He's going to ride the vanilla cycles bike. You're gonna be the team manager. So how did, how did that come together? You know, getting a rider from Spain to come over to the United States, how did all that work out?
1: Um, It it started uh, before 2018 season ever started really. Um, I called ryan and i said hey this kid's coming over from spain i think we should uh you know put some effort into helping this program out and we did the the deal last year with my 2017 honda uh and then brad's 2015 and Fran did amazing you know we couldn't really ask for more besides less tipping over um and then after daytona brad and i were talking and we just wanted to you know build a complete team for Fraun to compete for a whole season um well as we know brad's brad fell down at x games and got his injury and uh that kind of put our our approach on everything for getting a team built you know the priority is brad's recovery so i kind of the front full season thing kind of got put on hold and six weeks ago brad called and he said so are we still doing this this uh this deal and I said, Hell man, if you're in, I'm in. I'm 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 looking for something to do. And uh then we started just talking and, you know, developing a program for fron and, you know, we got uh Owen Suspension on board with support, you know, Jimmy Woods and um WPS stepped on board, S and S, you know, like of course vanilla cycles and, you know, Diesel Minnesota, everybody's stepped up in a huge way just to get fron over here to you know make a splash and that's kind of our plan right now is to hopefully fron does well at uh daytona and atlanta and we can get some some more backing and you know go after more races this season and then 2020 hopefully have a program put together to uh to attack the the whole season and Really go for that championship. I, I I I really think he could win that championship, man. I just the drive and the dedication he has um, on top of his raw talent is is second to none. Really, he's uh he is a maniac, um, but he, he puts himself in those own, in those situations with his his poor starts. So, Recluse sent us some clutches. We're gonna be uh, definitely working on some starts. Come Daytona when we're testing down
0: there in the uh, out east. Right on. So, how many how many nationals are you guys trying to hit this year? Or do, you, do you just going to play that by ear? It sounds like the first two for sure. What's in the future?
1: Yeah, the first two for sure. Um, like I said, it's it's going to kind of be a play it by ear uh, from there on out. It's kind of depend on his uh, Spanish championship. In uh, the flat track side of things and the supermoto side of things, so he's got two championships he's racing in in Spain uh, currently. So we're going to have to kind of plan around that. I would love to get him here for you know the the, the race in Arizona and uh, Springfield, both Springfield TT, Springfield short track, Peoria, of course, and a, and I'd really like to see him on a mile just so he can get that experience. I really think he'd uh, excel on a, on a mile with his road race background. And, um, you know, he's not, he's not scared to, uh, to go
0: fast. I'd, I'd love to see him at the Buffalo chip and see if he could give Sipes a run for his money. I mean, Sipes put on a clinic last year and was riding totally different than anybody else, but man, it'd be cool to get him at the Buffalo chip too.
1: Yeah, no, that'd be, that's, uh, that's probably number one race if we had to pick one that I'd like to see him at, um, he would uh, do very well with his supermoto skills. I think that would play into effect there. Um, you know, There's not one corner or two corners that are the same on that racetrack. So I think he would uh, look at that racetrack a little bit different than everybody else and figure out where he could go faster than everybody else. Um, yeah. I really, really, really think he could win that thing.
0: I do too, for sure. I think it'd be good to see him out there. So, is Vanilla Cycles looking for anybody else for this year, or just main focus right now just on Faron?
1: Our main focus is on Ferran right now. If uh, if an opportunity arises, um, for sure, I I would love to, you know, get more people to um, get on board, help the brand grow, get more get more exposure for us. Um, but right now, the the main focus is is Brad or uh, sorry Faron and uh getting getting his program or our program built around him, so it's always looking for sure always looking for more guys to help out um just uh we gotta we gotta get some more things squared away with Ron and all that stuff but you know if 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 an opportunity arises with uh, an up and coming guy or even a top guy you know it it would always be good to develop a relationship with somebody.
0: Okay, so we had Brad on last week, and he asked us to talk to you about throwing a leg over over a bike this year. Uh, have you talked about talked with Brad about maybe riding his Indian at any of the races this season?
1: No, I haven't talked to him about it. But if 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 he said so, if he said, "Hey, Kevin, you want to ride this thing?" I I I would ask him why in the hell he thinks he even needs to ask me that question. <laughs> yes, I would ride it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it would be it
0: would be that'd be awesome. I'd love to do it.
1: Um, yeah, I would, that'd be super cool.
0: And so we know you have a full-time job and now you're a, a full-time team manager. So what do you see as your biggest challenge as being the team manager so far?
1: Uh, it's really just finding the, finding the extra time. You know, of course I gotta, gotta worry about the, the family business. Know that I got some more responsibility put on my plate. That's kind of number one priority, but, uh, you know, the the racing thing i've always found time for the racing stuff so there's no difference in that now i just have to uh you know instead of instead of you know watching the news at 10 o'clock i can be on the the computer and sending emails and proposals and and that kind of stuff so it it, it's really not going to affect it too much um it's never been a a full-time job for me on the racing side of things um i've always had to work so it's always been the the double duty thing which i'm more than okay with because i don't like sitting still
0: okay so i talked to you last fall and, and you had something that you guys were working on and, and i don't know if you can talk about it but you mentioned that you were maybe doing some some something coming up for a tv special or is that still in the works right now
1: yep it's still in the works um not signed on the dotted line yet, but everything's looking looking very good for the T V show side of things. That's gonna be something real fun. Uh really fun. If this project comes through, it's gonna be awesome. I'm really hoping it does. We signed a partnership with Indian Motorcycle Company for the T V show and they're they're on board, you know, hundred and fifty percent. They're super excited about it. I have a good feeling about this, Scotty. I think it's gonna uh I think it's gonna go and it's gonna be it's going to be a hell of a
0: ride, I think. Right on. Well, don't forget don't forget about us little people, you know, that talk about you guys all the time. <laughs> yeah, come on now.
1: Forget about <laughs> you, the voice of Flat Fact.
0: Right, right. So, <laughs> the, is the project is it going to revolve around racing, or can you even talk about it at all, or, or you know, can you give us any hints? Mm,
1: grassroots motorcycle racing is about as as much as I think I should say on it. Um, I'd have to really read my non-disclosure to, to see if I can say much more than that, but it's, it's okay. grassroots motorcycle racing, nothing at the, the pro level. Um, okay. um, there's several teams around the Midwest that, that I help them guys get involved with. And we, uh, we, we all got together a few months back and did a pilot shoot, their second pilot shoot for, for the, for the network. And uh, they pitched it to them, they it did all their editing and pitched it and, everybody's super excited
0: dude i look forward to whatever it end up ends up being and and man my hat's off to you for you know trying to make things happen it sounds like it's working in the right direction for you so we're at the part of the podcast where it's time for graham's question you know graham because you know you're kind of a she considers you a local boy even though you're from minnesota we're from south dakota but she she's watched you guys grow up and uh she wanted to know how hard was it for you to make the decision to kind of hang up the steel shoe and and become the team manager
1: well, there's no steel shoe being hung up. I don't really know if I could ever hang up the steel shoe. Um, I just looked at it more of as an opportunity really, you know, to uh to build relationships with inside the, the motorcycle industry. I didn't really look at it as, you know, taking away from this to give to that. Um it's just more of a more of a second job or something I enjoy to do. Um another another hobby to you know, just like I said, I don't like to sit still so more that's on my plate the better i feel
0: sounds good all right now we're at the part of the podcast where it's time for your uh, rapid fire questions so i'll ask you a question you tell me the first thing that pops into mind are you ready i'm ready favorite motorcycle you've ever ridden indian ftr 750 i know you're gonna say that just from what you said a little while ago well so, i,
1: uh, I could have said i could have said the ftr 1200 concept bike that was a
0: good ooh. one.
1: Yeah. maybe there were some there were some good laughs on the FTR 1200 as well,
0: the, the production bike. All right. I like it. What's your favorite racetrack?
1: Mm, Springfield short track when they make it a
0: paperclip. But when it's longer straightaways, tighter corners, uh you like yeah. it. Then you make Did you make your your national main event there, your first national?
1: Uh then it got rained out, yeah. Okay. All right. I just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, that you, no, Tucson was the official one, but okay springfield was the first one i made and then it rained out after my heat race gotcha
0: so i saw a post on instagram uh from vanilla cycles they, they're feeling pretty confident that Ferran's gonna win the daytona tt so who do you think he'll give the victory lap to
1: oh i don't know i would love to see brad get on the back of that thing that'd be cool
0: yeah that'd be awesome i don't know uh, they talked about uh, they've talked about Brad coming out and doing some things as a grand marshal too. So man, anything to get Brad involved in the sport, man, you know, keep him involved, get him in front of everybody. I love it. So, uh, that'd be pretty cool. So, uh, who's going to win the AFT twins championship this year?
1: Oh man. I don't really want to say his name. I'd like to see somebody else win. Uh, but I, it's, it's really hard to bet against Jerry bear right now. He's just, he's on it man. he's got his, his fitness is there. his, his team is there just his life is so structured is everything he does is based around winning that championship you know the guys in his pit or everybody's there for the same thing but i liked what i seen last year out of jeffrey um i think jeffrey uh the way he's changed his program i think it's really gonna uh, help him excel and then you you can't get a bet against the bauman brothers either you know they're they're riding I think the best motorcycles in the paddock um, and they have lots of, lots of natural talent. And then how do you bet against Brian too? You know, he's back on the, with the same team, same motorcycles, 2016, we won, won the championship. So I, I really think it's going to be a dog fight this season. And, you know, I probably looked over a couple other guys too, you know, Henry, he really, he really showed last year that he can ride a, a twin cylinder motorcycle.
0: Yeah. I mean, finishing second the points, you know, he wasn't really talked about because of Jared's dominance, but he was Mr. Consistency for sure. So who's going to win the AFT singles championship?
1: Ooh. Man, I don't even know who's riding the singles class. Let's go
0: with... uh, Seems like a lot of fast guys are. Yeah, I've heard lots of rumors. I
1: just, I don't want to, it hasn't been released, so I really don't want to say who like you know name drop it's their their deal they can they can release it when they're ready but you know i think i think shana has a good shot at it um who else uh you can't bet against dan Brownlee either if he's back in a single class i think he'll do real well uh jesse and morgan um you know two of the kids i grew up racing with out of wisconsin they'll do really well too i think uh yeah, that's going to be uh, the the class to watch. I think the singles class this season is going to be uh, a barn burner.
0: I do, too. I, I think, the, you know, the racing is so tight because those bikes are so equal, and, and you know, you got to get a good start, but then that's not it because we watched, you know, some riders come from deep in the field. Morgan Mishler, if he'd ever get a start, he would be up front every race, but the, now he's got to ride with the Waters Auto Body, so he'll give a good run for it. Um, are there any up-and-coming riders besides Ferran that we need to keep our eyes on?
1: Uh, Dallas Daniels. I've seen some, some really good things out of him, you know, at Springfield and, you know, all over the internet, the kid won the horizon award in both the fire track discipline and the road race discipline. That's probably who I'd put
0: my money on coming in,
1: you know, into the pro
0: ranks next. Right on. So if you and your two brothers were at your prime lined up at the starting line on an equal motorcycle What's the finishing order in a 10-lap race?
1: Well, I'd be the only one to make it out of the first corner because I'd clean them out so I didn't lose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, what, that's what big brothers do, right?
1: <laughs> yep, exactly. I no, I mean, no. If, if, if I had Connor's middle brother, if I had his willingness just to go send it and Cole's natural talent, I, mean, I, I think I could have made a career out of just racing.
0: So are you saying that they're more talented in different ways than you are? Well, yeah,
1: Cole's just natural. The kid doesn't ride for, you know, six months, comes out to the lake and does some ice riding with us and you know, he's he's chomping at our heels the whole time. And Connor, he just literally he'll get on a bike and ride it until it either breaks or he throws up. So it's just I mean, <laughs> it's it's wild what those two can do. and it's kinda wish I had some of a, a little bit of each of them in my riding style or my riding techniques. I think it could have it it could have been a little bit different for me.
0: Right on. So, where's the the vanilla cycles freshly made chopper from the Buffalo Chip TT? Where's that bike at?
1: In my garage in about 7,000 pieces.
0: So, you haven't done anything with it?
1: No, I haven't. I was I've been waiting for my brother to step up and say, "Hey man, here's some money or here's some help to to fix the thing."
0: He, he, he broke it. He should fix line. it, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. He just gives me this line. At least you weren't riding it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I agree there, but you know you also didn't have any of your motorcycles together, and you wanted to race it. So I offered you my bike. Um, it's it's water under the bridge, really. We got I ordered all the parts for it yesterday, so it'll be uh, it'll be ready for ready for Daytona plus a little bit.
0: I got gotcha. you. Final rapid so, fire question: When are you gonna put a uh, diesel horn on my Durango? Man, as soon as you give it, tell me what you want. I want something loud that when I pull up beside somebody and I honk the horn, they know I'm there. Well, sell the
1: Durango for one, and then we can talk.
0: Man, <laughs> you you and Matty. No. I think <laughs> Matty had to fix me <laughs> ha- help me fix the. Uh, a hub on it one time or a wheel bearing or something we had to fix one that was on my last Durango, so this is the new one so i'm trying to make it you let you let mateo work on something dude he had he was still working at the at the delano motorsports or whatever that shop was and and he had tools yeah. and a jack and an air wrench it's better than me sitting in the parking lot at walmart with the, with hand wrenches
1: yeah no that's a death wish you don't you, you don't even sit on
0: a motorcycle he's worked on well, I, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I know he's a, he's a hell of an ice rider. I didn't know he didn't know how to work on stuff. No, Jake's not. I'm just giving Jake a hard time. He's, he, his dad's a, his dad's a phenomenal mechanic and you know, they
1: say the apple don't fall far from the tree. So.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I trust Jake with my life obviously, but, uh, he's a, he's a yeah. dear, dear friend of both of ours and I get to look forward to seeing him next weekend at the ice races. So we're at the end of our podcast now. It's your chance to say thanks to anybody that helped you get here. And, uh, Thanks to uh, whoever you want to say thanks to for the Vanilla Cycles team for 2019.
1: Yeah, I'd like to just thank you guys for for getting us on and and giving us time to kind of talk about the the plans and some of the exciting news we have going on. Uh, I'd like to thank Mom and Dad, first and foremost. You know, they've pretty much made all this stuff happen for myself and my brothers and half of District 23 from their, uh, their promoting side of things, Vanilla Cycles. Diesel Minnesota Indian Motorcycle Company SNS WPS Fly Larson Cycle Mike Stoffer that guy has more knowledge than he's just when he talks you listen Recluse Clutches Olin Suspension Motorx uh, Motion Pro Ellison Machining for you know he, the guys worked endless hours just on everything I've ever needed machining wise building. <clears throat> framers uh the twins all the twins i've had you know he's had a part a major part in my career or my motorcycles um stitch designs tim at pro plates gary and kelly at light shoe saddleman works connection Cometic gaskets bell helmets kenco fuels kmc wheels mika randy's toy repair um my buddy rich uh, at kayla Caleb cycles. He's a super bad influence. Um, Goodwin racing for all their support. There's a family, um, you know, had a few good solid years riding with those guys around Tamaglass, Mike small engine racing, Dave Ripon and Brad Benson, Bill Barrett at bill Bilt, my cousin, Jason Larson, the old lady court. She's uh she's a saint for putting up with me, man. She doesn't really, she kind of gets neglected sometimes and uh, she just understands this is what I love motorcycle stuff. And Brad, you know, the, what can you say? The guy's uh, he would literally take a shirt off the back for his back for anybody. And um, been a couple of times where I just thought racing was over and, you know, he's like just always there and as a friend and supporter, everything. And, uh, you know, friends and family. So got a big list of people that, make it happen appreciate every one of
0: them kevin thank you so much for your time looking forward to uh, daytona watching ferron on the vanilla cycles honda uh, best of luck to you and maybe having a few more rounds and uh, we'll talk to you soon
1: all right sounds good guys good talking with you i gotta tell
0: you
2: i am pretty eager to see what Ferran does in daytona i gotta tell you
0: it, yeah i think you know if he can keep it on two wheels, you know, the jitters are gone now. He's been here. He's done that. He's lined up at the starting gate against the best AFT singles riders before. Uh, he raced a few other times in the United States last year. The jitters have to be gone. Now if he can just get a start, keep it on two wheels, he can he can legitimately run up front and possibly win the, the Daytona TT, and he'll be fast in Atlanta too
2: yeah I, I, I i'm always cheering for the international guys coming over like what he finished like sixth after falling down twice in daytona last year it, it's uh, i it's not too far-fetched for for him to win that that tt to kick off the season and then that could just snowball into a huge huge season for him and uh, championship is, is what kevin was saying i don't i don't know
0: but it'll be fun to watch well, maybe, maybe in 2020 20- yeah, maybe in 2020 they go for the championship. But I'm thinking, Carter, if he comes out here, if say say he wins one and runs, you know, podiums the second one or mm-hmm. podiums first one and wins the second one, that could open up some eyes. It, yep. could, it could open up some sponsorship. Yep. And he might be here for the whole season. I mean, I know he's trying to run for the, the, the flat track championship over in Spain. I know he's trying to ride Supermoto over there, too. But how cool would it be to win a championship in the United States? I mean, yeah. I, I don't think we've ever had a spanish flat track champion i think every flat track champion here has been from the united states
2: yeah no and um, what, what, what that would do for flat track on the world stage too right the bigger picture like i it's exactly. it would definitely definitely help in that respect so all good things and it's great to see a, a company like vanilla cycles and a, a rider uh manager now like Kevin Anderson, uh, having as much backing uh, for a rider like that, that that's coming from another country. So that's awesome. I love
0: it. Well, I, I love it, too, that, you know, when people retire from our sport, they, they don't typically leave. They find other things to do, just like I found a way to stay involved by announcing. Some people uh, go into suspension. I, I think of Jimmy Woods and I think of Davey Durrell. Uh Some people, you know, just sell flat track parts. I mean, there's there's other things people can do. And now Anderson, know he says he's not retired yet but maybe when he does retire this might be a job for him you know a full-time job i know he's got a real job too but uh you know it's a way to stay involved in the sport
2: yeah i mean you see jared mees being a race promoter so is Corey texter now doing some race promotion i mean it's cool to see these people evolve and develop their careers into different aspects of the sport because that only makes it better in the long run right
0: absolutely so we done hopefully there's going to be some well, I was going to say. Hopefully, there'll be some more announcements coming up pretty soon. Maybe some people will want to reveal their who they're riding for, who they're riding, you know, what they're riding, what class they're riding. Hopefully, we get some more of that here on off the groove.
2: You know, it's you know, it's only going to get crazier here as we ramp up towards Daytona. We're under 50 days now. I saw earlier this week it was 50 days, so like we're under 50 days to Daytona. It'll be here before you know it.
0: Absolutely, I can't wait. I'm ready to go south. I'm ready for some warm weather. Uh, but first I got a nice race coming up I might have some more arena cross shows coming up and then uh, next thing we'll know we'll be in sunny Florida racing going around in circles
2: hey I got an idea did it hurt? Hmm. I say we jump back <laughs> on the microphone and do this again next week what do you think? talk to you next Friday talk to you next Friday what you, what's your line? say your line
0: smash that like button yeah tell all your friends not just one of your friends tell yeah. all your friends about Off The Groove We appreciate all the followers, all the new followers, all the listeners, and we appreciate everybody who's sharing our content and uh, just getting bigger and better, folks. Talk
2: to you guys next week.